Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Next on the OHIO podcast, Buckeye Boggs and Sergeant MVP decide to jump on a call together and talk about this 2023 recruiting class that was signed today. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. 3 things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs, and I am joined tonight by my co-host, Aaron Brown. We have given Chris the night off. He has been burning the candle at both ends uh, as as working at the, in the school system and keeping the Ohio State store and lots more open and running and he was off of school today and he was at the store and so we just decided you know what let's give chris the night off plus today kind of snuck up on us aaron (laughs) sure did (laughs) i mean you know i didn't even talk about this on the last show because quite frankly it wasn't even on my radar until like two days ago and i was like holy crap it's national signing day early national signing day anyways you know, I'm still adjusting to this whole early national signing day in December thing. How about you? Yeah, I, dude, it, same. It, it wasn't even on my radar. wasn't even a thought in my mind. I don't know how both of us let that slip, but uh, it happens, I guess. Well, this show and all the other ones for this season have been brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is officially live in Ohio. Now you can illegally, uh, legally, that is, bet on all your favorite sports anytime and anywhere right here in Ohio with DraftKings. For a limited time, new customers who sign up with promo code OHIOPODCAST will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, player props, and more with fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. 
Download the DraftKings Sports app now. New customers can use promo code OHIOPODCAST to get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, again, use promo code Ohio Podcast and get that deal. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus physically present in Ohio. Valid one offer per first-time deposit. Who have not already redeemed $200 in free bets b- via pre-launch offer. Minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions re- apply. See dkng.co slash oh for terms. All right, Aaron, let's talk about this class that signed today. Even though this is what they call the early signing period, for the most part, you're going to get the majority, if not all of your class this day, as opposed to the regular signing day in February. And today was no different. We got 19 guys um, out of the 20 who have committed to Ohio State. The only one who did not sign today is Jaden Bonsu, but there doesn't seem to be any concern about the safety from New Jersey not signing with Ohio State. He is a firm, hard commit. Uh, just not sure when that signing is going to happen. Sometimes these guys do it uh, with the rest of their fellow high school teammates and classmates later on in the season when they have a, their school has a special signing day. So that might be the case with Uh, Jaden, not sure if that's true or not. That's just my speculation. But everything I've heard is he is still a solid commit to the Buckeyes. With the 19 commits that we got today, uh, 19 signees and the one commit that we have, Ohio State's 2023 football class sits at number five overall in the 247 composite rankings. I have seen where Ohio State is a little higher in some areas. Uh, ESPN, like you said, had us in the top 10, somewhere around 7 or 8 or something like that. Um, I know there are some other uh, recruiting, um, uh, I guess you could say, websites or companies out there that might have Ohio State in different areas. But the reason why I like to use the 247 composite, Aaron, is because it takes all the major recruiting uh, companies into account and all the rankings and it averages out those player rankings. And so I feel it's actually not slanted one way or the other. You know, I, I really believe the ESPN rankings are always going to be more slanted to the SEC schools because the ESPN and the SEC, as we well know, are uh, kissing cousins. And uh, so I like to make sure that we make sure that we have more of a solid looking number that isn't designed to be slanted towards the Southern schools. So that's why I take the 247 composite rankings, Aaron, and I just give them a little bit more weight than I would another recruiting uh, uh, company. So that being said, number five currently, we still have some room to take a couple more guys. Some of the big guys we were going after, we didn't get. We did have a really nice flip today that was unexpected. One one that went against us and one that went for us. And that was Joshua Mickens flipped from LSU to Ohio state. Uh, We will talk about him in just a little bit, but I want to get your initial reaction of this class, what you like, what you don't like, et cetera, Aaron. So I'm going to preface this by saying, all right, it's not time to freak out or anything like that. Cause this is just the initial signing period. And sometimes 
bigger recruits will hold out, you know, just for extra visits or for whatever reason. So I'm not going to freak out over any decommitments just yet. Um, but overall, I mean, I like the class so far, you know, uh, looks like they've got 20 commits. Like Eric said, we're fifth, uh, according to the composite. And I agree with your reasoning for doing that. Um, you know, seems like we have a, a decent amount of Ohio kids so far. Uh, we've addressed the offensive line issue that I've brought up a few times. Um, I'd like to see a little, uh, you know, a few more, but it, I can't really complain. Cause like I said, we still have like another signing period to go and then like two more transfer periods. So it, I'm, I'm not freaking out so far. So good. Um, I would have liked to have seen a different quarterback, perhaps, because I know we talked about it on the last show, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and, and it's nothing personal against the kid. His film looks nice, but it's South Dakota. So I'm not sure that he's playing. He's not he's not playing against top notch secondaries. He's not being challenged necessarily. So, you know, maybe he went to a few camps and, and impressed uh, at those camps. So. I just have to wait and see till he gets on campus, I guess. But uh, overall, man, uh, not bad. I'm a little here's a here, here's my concern. I got two concerns. And the first one is I feel like the majority of the top talent that we got is at one position. Again, you look at you look at the uh, our class and three out of our top four kids our wide receivers, Brandon Ennis, Noah Rogers, Carnell Tate. I mean, it's great that Brian Hartline is as awesome as he is, but when all of your top talents coming in at the wide receiver position, there's only one football iron, right? As good as all these guys are. And if these three guys are as good as, as you know, their rankings are, then they're going to end up passing the three kids who were really good last year, who were really high in the class, which were also wide receivers. Like we need some of this, this class at the, uh, at the high end, at the top of the class to be something other than wide receivers. Now I do think Luke Montgomery, the big offensive lineman from Finley, who Ryan day said in his press conference today is definitely starting at tackle. There's no question they're not even going to kick him inside at all. They're not going to waste time. They need Luke Montgomery to be a tackle, and they need him to be a tackle now. Like, we're hurting at that position. And so it's it's come in, and you might get playing time as a freshman, young man. So um, I do think he, being the one guy who's not a wide receiver in the top four there, is really, really good, and I really like him. But um, the other thing that I kind of question about this class, and we'll get into this here in a second, is how it's spread out among, you know, our recruiting regions. And, and, and Ohio, only seven kids again. Like Jim Trestle, I, I, I have to feel that Jim Trestle would look at this and just shake his head. Like, guys, you know, it's all about like, OK, so you got seven of the top kids from Ohio, but why didn't you get like 12 or 13? If I'm not mistaken, at least half of Jim Cress Jim Trestle's classes, if not more, were all Ohio kids. Well, let's be patient, you know, like I said, and that's that's why I opened with what I did. You know, we still have another signing period to go. Let's let's I, I'm trying to hold back my reservations now. If we get through that signing period and it's, you know, still looking not good on the Ohio front. That's what I'm going to be like. Hey, 
what's what are we what, what's going on here? You know, what's going on behind the scenes that these kids don't want to stay home? You know, is it the weather? Is it the is it the, is it the offense? Uh, what is it? What's going on here? But I got to say, too, um, I agree. We've missed on some high caliber talent <clears throat> in this class uh, uh, like Kay and Lee. Kay on Lee. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but he was a corner. We need secondary players. I don't know if people have noticed that, but we need secondary players like nobody's business. We use three safeties, okay? Now, it, it's five defensive backs, but three of them, including the nickel, is a safety. Well, mm -hmm. we didn't really clean house on that end of things uh, in this recruiting class. We did get a couple, um, but corners, you know, we still need corners. We got guys graduating, leaving, whatever. Uh, we didn't do a great job on that end of things. We let Kayon Lee, uh, he left or flipped rather, uh, and then running back. You know, we didn't pull anybody in for that either. We had Mark Fletcher. He flipped on us. Um, it's just, you know, you, you can't recruit six wide receivers every recruiting class and think they're going to stick around. So that tells me that some guys have at least voiced an opinion about leaving. So that's a problem. You know, it's it's like you said, Eric, you can't you, we can't continue this cycle of all these wide receivers. And then you pull a, a, an untested quarterback from South Dakota, of all places, <laughs> no running back. It, it, that's a problem to me. So, again, I'm trying not to freak out about it because we do still have that other period. Uh, we do still have a couple more transfer windows that are going to come open. So I'm trying to stay calm, but. It is kind of like, hey, uh, our, you know, who do we got on the on the chart here that we're even talking to? Because that's, you know, they haven't really discussed that part. So so here's something interesting for you, Aaron. So I just pulled up the uh, top uh, 2023 recruits from the state of Ohio. Every single one of them in the top. Let me see here. The top 18 have already signed. Number 19 who's ranked 633rd nationally. He's a defensive lineman. Uh, he was, um, he's committed to Cincinnati from Gahanna Lincoln, Kamari Burns. He you might want to keep your eye on. And he had a pretty good senior year. Uh, I think Gahanna Lincoln had a fantastic season. I think they went all the way to uh, like the um, semifinals in the state tournament. Um, because he didn't commit to Cincinnati today, I'm wondering if he has not been contacted by Ohio State. He might so have. That, that is a good might, point. That might be, but he might be the only one left in the state of Ohio. Everybody else is practically signed until you get so far down, you're like, it's not even worth it. Um, Sid Kaba, K-A-B-A, he's from uh, one of the inner city schools. He's committed to uh, Western Michigan. Uh, again, he's a defensive lineman, 6'3", 260, but he's not even ranked nationally. So, yeah. Uh, offensive tackle Colin Van Roy um, from Strongsville. Um, again, he is uh, a, a Pittsburgh lean, but he has no commitment at this moment, not ranked nationally. So, uh, you know, Will Trell Hartson is a running, uh, running back from Maslin. He his recruitment is basically non and void. So I don't even know like what's going on with that. So my, my point is this. There's just not a lot of talent in the state of Ohio left. Maybe one guy, Aaron. 
that's worth looking at. So if we if we if we're at seven now, maybe we're at eight by the end of this thing. And that's that's the that's a best case scenario. Well, you know, I got it pulled up, too. And looking at it, this seems to maybe have been a down year for the state of Ohio. It was. It was not that great, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, we stopped four stars at their 11. There was there weren't even any five star talents in the state of Ohio. Yeah, so you had 11 four stars, and I'm not trying to bank everything on stars here, okay? But just right, right. work work with me here. That's how they rank it, you know. And then at 12, you got three stars. So I mean, based on that, you know, I I don't know. Maybe that's why he's not going into the state of Ohio this year. But the fact that of the 11 four stars, we got one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven. We got seven of the eleven four stars from the state. I mean, I can't be mad at that. No, but I just, just not to freak everybody out, but don't look at next year's twenty twenty four. Michigan's been poking around and they're doing pretty good. Oh, that's not, to, not to freak everybody out, but go freak out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we do. I mean, looking looking ahead a little bit and I'm not trying to put the the cart before the horse here, but, you know, we got some guys from next year if they stick around. That is right. Right. And then and then you have you got to add the you got to add the transfer portal to this, too. So you you mentioned um, our running back issue. We didn't get any running backs in this uh, class. Do you remember from Dublin last year, Drennan? He was uh, he ended up going to Kentucky. Yeah, he's in the portal. I'm not sure I want him. I I, I understand. I I get that. But I just feel like if push comes to shove, if there's like a holy crap type of moment thing here, we need somebody now. We need bodies. There's there's a there's a local Buckeye kid that we might be able to snag and get get in here. But um. There's just um, there's there's just a lot of interesting things to look at now that we didn't have to look at before. And I think the portal has a lot to do with that. Um, it's obvious to me that Ohio State's going to be a player in the portal. Ryan Day even kind of mentioned that today, that they're they are looking into the portal a little bit more than what they've done before. Um and it's something that if they're going to do, they're going to have to jump on now. And I don't know if they were waiting uh, to really hit the, the portal for guys until after today to kind of see what fell with a, a couple guys. But if that's the case, they better hustle up and do this because right now Michigan is ranked number one in all of college football in the talent that has come to them via the portal. And that's kind of what you mentioned a little bit before. And they are that's that is I think the quickest and easiest way to reload as opposed to building over time, and you know they have they've had their losses too. Eric All the tight end, he left and actually went to Iowa, and uh, the quarterback from the previous year did as well. Um, Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara. He's at Iowa now as well, um, but you know. They they lost some guys, but they didn't lose anybody who was playing right now for them. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So and then and then they're just adding pretty good talent left and right at different positions. So yeah, it's it's one of those things where Ohio State needs to be on that given what we saw today from recruiting. Now, let me say this. It's not a terrible class, Aaron. No, no, it's not. I mean, it's, we're, we're we're acting like it's the worst thing ever, and that's because we've done so doggone good in the last few years. And I've been crying about the fact that I want guys here who are committed to Ohio State. They're Buckeye kids. They want to be here, and they want they're tough kids. And I think one of the things I love about this class is I feel like we've got some pretty tough kids. I mentioned Luke Montgomery earlier that – uh, Ryan Day mentioned him as, as straight, start out straight out is going to start at tackle. Jo- Joshua Padilla is going straight to center. They're not wasting any time. He's going to be the center of the future. Austin Saraveld, who's apparently got some of the biggest, strongest legs for a high schooler ever. He's an, <laughs> and they, he, Ryan Day flat out said, I love this quote today. He was talking about him. He said, the kid, does, there's, they don't make jeans that will fit this kid. <laughs> he either wears shorts or sweatpants because he can't fit into a pair of jeans. His legs are so big. He's like, yeah, he's a guard. <laughs> That's so, For sure. <laughs> I love the fact that Ryan Day is like, not like, you know how last year he's like, yeah, we're going to start everybody at tackle. And then after they, you know, you know, play tackle, we'll b- bump them inside. No, he's like, no, you're center, you're a guard, you're a tackle. Let's go. I like that. I like that move. And I like that all three of these kids are big, tough kids from the state of Ohio. I think that that is a recruiting win, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure, man. That's And that's why I mentioned, too, you know, I, I like the fact that we addressed our offensive line uh, issues, and that's because I've been talking a little bit about that in previous shows as well, because, well, in the game of football, you can't do anything unless you have a quality offensive and defensive line. The game starts and stops at the line. So, um, for me, though, my my recruiting issues are is is like you said, we're we're pulling too much of one position and it's a position that we're already good at. You know, it, you just they just keep pulling in more and more of these high quality wide receivers, which is cool. But eventually guys are going to start getting passed up, like you said, and they're going to leave because you're pulling in quarterbacks from South Dakota. <laughs> You know what I mean? Um, and and again, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself, but Dylan Rayola decides that he's decommitted, and I know he's next year's class, but still, it's a problem because you get these these high quality players ahead of time, like Dylan Rayola, and they're peer recruiting to pull guys in. Well, hey, I'm coming to Ohio State. I need a line. Well, now you got some five star and high four star offensive linemen's attention because they want to play with this guy. They've been to the same camps. They know each other, whatever. And then he says, hey, I, I'm I've changed my mind. I'm I'm going to this school. And so they decide they're going to. And that that has a it, it has a ripple effect. It really does. It goes down to the running backs. It goes down to the wide receivers. I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State does not pull in a better quarterback or if Kyle McCord or Dylan Brown do not show that they are made of steel and really perform next season at a high level, I would not be surprised to see a good amount of these wide receivers leave. I'm with, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I get it. Um, 
So I, I mentioned one thing I love about this class. Let me mention the one thing I dislove about this class. And it, it stemmed from the fact that we had a we did have a, a loss today. We had a flip that uh, someone who was committed to us who flipped and he went to Auburn. And that is cornerback K.N. Lee, who we covered on the show uh, several months ago um, when he committed. So K.N. Lee decommits and he flips and goes to Auburn. And I think that exposes this this class, Aaron, to its greatest weakness. You mentioned the safeties that are in this class. We only have two cornerbacks now in this class. And I don't know if you remember their their um, video or not or their film, but Kayon Lee was the one I was highest on. And, of course, he leaves. But we got Calvin Simpson Hunt from uh, the state of Texas. And he, I believe, yeah, he's the only one from the state of Texas in this class. He's pretty and solid. By the he way. is, yeah, he is solid. I'm not saying he's not. I just, yeah, yeah. He was not my top one, if you know what I mean. And then Jermaine yep. Matthews from Cincinnati, um, he's the other cornerback. That is a need, <laughs> obviously. And I don't know that we filled it. My initial, uh, my initial feelings is that Ryan Day goes to the portal for a cornerback. We're going to have to, man, because yeah. we lost a safety as well. Dijon Johnson. Anybody remember that guy? Yeah. Yeah, he flipped. He signed with the Gators today. So that one hurt. He's a top 100 player. Yeah, and speaking of the Gators, um, Taraj and Mitchell is going to be going there as well for his <laughs> final year. That's fine. He probably won't play. Probably not. But uh, I did like the guy, though. I um, did, too. Nothing personal. Right. Uh, all right, so th that's a little bit about the class. Anything else about the class you want to talk about before we talk about Joshua Mickens? If there's any re recruits out there listening, come to Columbus. Let's <laughs> let's win us a championship. <laughs> we love you. Yes. yes. <laughs> all right. Josh I got $10 in my pocket. <laughs> I can give you <laughs> NIL, the Ohio State podcast. Hook us up. We'll get you. We'll get you some uh, free food. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Mickens, who was the LSU guy we mentioned earlier, he was committed to LSU. He flips. Let's talk about this cat, Aaron. Um, so Joshua Mickens is a um, four-star defensive end from Lawrence Central High School in Indianapolis, Indiana. His composite ranking is 131st nationally. He's the 20, 20th highest ranked defensive end or edge rusher in the class. He was the second highest recruit from the state of Indiana. And like I said, he was committed to LSU and decided, nope, I'm going to go be a Buckeye, stay closer to home. What would you think of this guy's film, my man? I liked what I saw, uh, honestly. Um, I, I thought he had a great first step. He's very fast. Uh, plays low, great with his hands. I think he needs to add some weight. Um, he's a little bit, uh, what's the word? Blanky. Like, un <laughs> well, yes, but I was thinking like unconventional because he like, he can raise and lower his height, his playing height, if that makes sense. His playing level rather is a better word. Um, I don't know if you observe that or not, but he uses that to his advantage. That is that is a completely unconventional thing that I like about him. Now, if he can add some weight and maintain his speed or at least stay close to it, I think we got a, a killer defensive end coming in. So he's 6'5", 225 pounds. And after watching his film, this is what I wrote down. And so 
I didn't maybe understand what I was watching like you were as far as like when you say like the level of play, like the getting up and getting down type thing. But I said, here's what I noticed. The dude's got freakishly long arms. <laughs> yes. Yes, he like, does. Like alien like arms. He gets off quickly and is fast to the ball. He reminds me his high school film reminded me of Zach Harrison's high school film. I mean, change the colors of the jerseys from uh, maroon and, and silver and white to uh, orange and yellow, uh, blue and white. And I I would think it looked just like Zach Harrison, um, which I was always, you know, I looked at Zach Harrison's film and thought, what the dude's a athletic freak. He's just raw, you know, and, and that, I, that is true. Yeah, yeah I, I see the same little uh, kind of the same things with Joshua Mickens, although I will say this. I think he has a decent second move is what I did wrote write down, um, which I don't think Zach Harrison had that at all. Zach Harrison was just relying completely on athleticism. Mm-hmm. I think Joshua Mickens has had a little bit more technique teaching to his game that I think he's able to utilize. But it does need to continue to be refined, and I think his hand-fighting skills definitely need to be improved. Um, He tries to stay away from the lineman and just use his athleticism. He gets in close a little bit, especially if it's like a running running, uh, play. I feel like he could get lost a little bit. So – and that's just – that's got to – you got to hit the weight room, and you got to – you got to work on your hand fighting technique if you're going to, you know, get off those blocks and go make the tackles. So that's kind of what I wrote. I, he's, he, I think he's going to get on, on campus. He's probably going to see maybe a little bit of playing time as a freshman, but I think his better days are probably going to be in the same vein as Zach Harrison. See the film a little see the field a little bit more as a sophomore. Hope that he strikes it big by his junior year. That's kind of what I'm getting. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I personally, I liked what he was doing with his hands. Um, but you are, you're not wrong in what you're saying. Uh, cause the athleticism that he's relying on to get upfield, I think that he was doing that because honestly, I didn't see a tackle on his film that had anything for that first step. Um, cause he was just that fast off the ball. Uh, <clears throat> so the problem that you run into with that at the, at the collegiate level, at this level, uh, is you get so far upfield, okay, and then you run into teams that do uh, like a read option, and you're that guy that gets burnt by a player like Justin Fields or a Cam Rising. So, y- you know, you're right. He has to put in some more weight or put on some more weight, and he's going to have to learn a little bit of bull rushing uh, instead of just athleticism. If he can combine those two, he'll be a monster like Chase Young. If not, well, you you might be looking at Zach Harrison 2.0. <laughs> there you go. All right. That, not, not that that's a terrible thing. Zach Harrison's had a pretty good year. Yeah, he has. So, but for him to be like – I think he was like a top five in the yeah, state see, recruit. That's, that's the problem. Zach Harrison was a five-star, the top recruit in the state of Ohio, and was expected to be a, a, the next Bosa, Chase yeah. Young. Yeah. And those expectations, I think, were really unfair – when you go back and watch his high school film and you see just how raw he was. I agree. And and honestly, I think that goes back to this whole like what they do at camps. You know, it's it's a lot of like based on athleticism and not necessarily what kind of football player they are. Bingo. Yep. All right. So there there's that. Congratulations to Larry Johnson and Ryan Day for making that flip. Um, I got a prediction for you on this show. What is it? 
if you've noticed the defensive line recruiting last couple years has kind of gone down a little bit. I mean, we had the big haul when we got uh, Jack, um, uh, Captain Sawyer. Jack Sawyer and uh, JT to Mulau, right? Mm-hmm. Those were that was a huge get. In the last two years, we haven't got the that five star huge big time recruit on on the defensive line, especially on the defensive ends. I think Larry Johnson told those kids, he promised those kids, I will coach until you guys, till after your junior year when you go pro. I don't know that he's made the same promises the last couple of years. I think this might be Larry's last year. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that just gut feeling or? That's gut feeling coupled with the vibe I'm getting from the defensive line kids. Who do you None think of, replaces him? I have no idea. None of them are talking about how – like they say all the nice things. Yeah, I'm excited to come and get coached up by Larry Johnson and, and Ohio State. You know, They say those things. But all the top kids, every single one of them, none of them are talking about Larry Johnson the same way. That's – you know, that's true. That's a valid point. And, and I, I think, think it's because – I think it's because if anything – I can imagine like those parents – when Larry Johnson's sitting in their room, they'll ask him, how can I guarantee that you're going to be there for the next three years for my son? And Larry's probably the type of guy who's going to be 100 percent honest with these guys and say, I can't promise you that. Yeah. Yeah. These recruits definitely know something because, I mean, you don't go from pulling Chase Youngs and, and the Bosa's and and all these guys, JTT and Jack Sawyer. You don't go from pulling those guys to uh, a little bit less than. So Correct. without w- without these recruits knowing something, right? So I, I think you're on to something. He's probably in his last year, last couple of years here. Yeah, I think th- I think 2023 is going to be the last season for him. I think he'll see JT Tumulau and and Jack Sawyer probably probably off to the NFL this year, and then he'll he'll be done. I think that's what he's. I think that's what he promised those guys. That's fair. Yeah. All right, so um, let's talk about uh, recruits from states. So we got seven from Ohio. We've already talked about that. We might get an eighth. Um, straight up, is it enough? I mean, for right call- now, for for the opening si- for the first initial signing day, the early signing period, I'm content with it. Okay. And, now, and, if now it, like- Ryan Ryan Day might come back and say, guys, I can't help the fact that Ohio's talent is not as good. Right. And that's we just looked at that. And I I can't have him going out here and pulling the 947th ranked player in the country. That just that's not going to do us any good. Right. Um, next closest state, our second state. Are you ready for this? I'm a little surprised by this number. Florida got four. We actually held on to some kids from Florida. Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate, the two big wide receivers, that that alone was you know, that's that's a huge win. I mean, Tennessee came after Carnell Tate hard. There was a there was a time when there was a lot of momentum for Carnell Tate flipping to the Vols. He didn't. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Brandon Ennis said, no way, no, no how. I'm not leaving Brian Hartline in Ohio State. I'm going to stick here. So I think Carnell Tate said, well, if you are, I am as well. And we'll just get our NIL deals when we get there. So. Brandon Ennis and Carnell Tate are two of those guys from the the state of Florida. Moving on down the list a little bit, 
from the kids from the Sunshine State. We got Cedric Hawkins, the safety from Cocoa, Florida. Uh, he's a part of this class. And then Bryson Rogers, the third wide receiver out of four that we got. Uh, he's from uh, Zephra Hills, uh, Florida. So we were able to hang on to those kids. And Cedric Hawkins is kind of the funny one here, Aaron. If you remember back during the Rose Bowl, he committed during the Rose Bowl game last year. Remember that? I think so. That, <laughs> yeah, was it, like, that was him that did that? Yeah. Was, and we managed to hold on to him the whole year. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> He'll transfer. Just kidding. Just kidding. I hope not. Stick around, please. <laughs> we need Next safeties. up. Next up, the only other state where we got more than one recruit from currently, believe it or not, was the state of Georgia. Jelani Thurman, the big athletic tight end, who I he got a huge bump in his numbers after the senior season. Did you see that? Well, I think I saw something um, online about a catch that he made in the state championship yeah. game. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, so I think maybe that had something to do with it. He is athletically sick, dude. He went from yes. like the the higher end 100s all the way to the a top 100 recruit at number 99 now. So yeah, I think Ohio State maybe knew a little bit of something there about him. Yeah, um, sounds like so it. He is one of the kiddos from Georgia that joined the this class. The other one that we got is Caden McDonald, the huge defensive tackle, 6'3", 310 pounds, and looks like he's angry enough to eat you. Um, he's from Su Suwanee, Georgia. He's in this class, um, a big southern defensive tackle. That's something that we've all been crying about uh, who follow Ohio State recruiting for years. So he's a part of this class. So two kids from the Bulldog State. That's interesting. The other states that got recruits, uh, Connecticut got one, Maryland won, New Jersey won. Why I mention all three of those, those are kids from the DMV. Um, kids that we are fighting Pennsylvania for, Penn State that is, Maryland, Clemson. Uh, those are the schools that we had to beat these kids for. We got one from Indiana. So that's interesting. Uh, that was the flip we got today. Um, Indiana is a state that's been pretty good to us. We usually get one or two kids that are usually the best in the state of Indiana. We'll go grab them. We got one from North Carolina. So went over there to the Carolinas and grabbed one from there. And then we got uh, one from your state of Texas. So we do continue to keep our Texas streak alive. And you mentioned we got one from that amazing state of high school football in South Dakota. So Interesting. It's spread out kind of interestingly there. Uh, no kids from California this year. Um, also, no kids from the state of Washington. If you recall, we've been hitting Washington the last three or four years pretty steadily, getting a kid or two. Yep. No one from Washington, no one from California. And mm -hmm. really outside of, you know, South Dakota and Texas, no one from west of the Mississippi. Just those two states. Well, I think the emergence of USC again, uh, that really hurt. And then um, UCLA, you know, they've done really well this year. And uh, they actually got the quarterback that we were going after for a good bit of time. Can't remember his darn name, but uh, he's committed to them. And then Oregon. Oregon is is back in a big way, man. Like they had a ton of flips like they were stealing from everybody. <laughs> so. Well, so I do have I do know why that happened. Do you know why that happened? 
I mean, it doesn't hurt to have Nike in your backyard, but, uh, you know, Nike opened up his uh, checkbook and they started paying kids in this recruiting cycle. Say somebody's paying them. So they, they were, they were, they were, they were uh, paying checks. Some checks got cashed today uh, for the Oregon ducks, but here's the thing about all this. And this brings me to our next segment. The decommitting that took place this cycle and then why that happened. So recruiting is different. It's different than it's ever been before. And that is because of the NIL rules or the lack thereof. Let's let's count it that when NIL was brought to the table for college football a couple years ago for the first time, it was so that players in college could use their name, image and likeness to make money. For themselves. What has happened, and this is not what the intent of the rule was for, but what has happened is schools and individuals and companies who are fans of said school or in association with the school are now paying recruits to sign on the dotted line with that school. There are Several dominoes that are falling because of this. The first domino that is falling is now you can go out and you can pay your way to get a great recruiting class. I'm talking about Texas. I'm talking about Miami, two schools that are ranked ahead of us. Alabama's still number one. Georgia's number two. And I don't know that they're going out and paying for recruits as much as Texas and Miami is especially Miami. They weren't hiding it at all. Oregon finished eighth to after today. They're out there paying kids big time. Tennessee finished 10th. They are as well. So that's the first domino that has fallen is you have some schools who aren't very good and haven't been good for a while. Looking at you, Miami, who now all of a sudden have a top five recruiting class. Okay. They're, they're, they got and, and they they have a history of doing this illegally. Now they can just do it legally. That's the first domino. The second domino that falls from this is that after the first year when these kids come in and they cash these million dollar checks and then they don't see the field and they're not playing. What's the very first thing they can do? Well, they can just jump right in the portal, Aaron. Right now, as of today, I saw this today. There are 13,000 Division I college football players. Would you like to take a guess how many of those 13,000 are currently in the portal at this moment? Um, I'm going to – and I, I'm kind of cheating here. Not that I looked it up, but I had heard earlier in the week about this. Um, I think that's over 2,000 players. It's over 1,000. Yeah. Over 1,000. Okay. Which is one out of every 13. So if you have a roster of 75 kids on your on your roster, right, it's essentially you've got six kids that you just lost to the portal, six point something, whatever it is. So about seven kids a team on average have left and joined the portal uh, since the end of the season. That's ridiculous, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really it really is. Um I don't even know where to start with this, you know, uh, because this has an effect on so many different levels, including incoming recruits. Uh huh. 
because stop and think about it. The way that Alabama used to pull off their talent is they would over recruit uh-huh. and then they would find ways to either medically retire players or send them on their way. Right. Encourage them to leave because they, they weren't going to play. That has changed because it doesn't have to be that way anymore. Uh, look at what that team up north is doing. They've completely raided the transfer portal uh, in a in a in a effort to replace what they're losing. Mm-hmm. And they're like the I think you mentioned earlier on the show they're number one in, in transfer recruits right now. Yep. And what does that do? That 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 affects incoming recruits because it, it also affects a lot of those players that entered the transfer portal because there's a I know that there's a large percentage of those guys that don't end up with another scholarship offer. Correct. So you're talking about a bunch of kids that are trying to go for what they think is a better opportunity and more playing time, and they end up back at home um, or a junior college, you know, and then they, they've messed themselves up. So. And it's worse for these high school kids because they're trying to get into a position where they can go to school for free. Uh, and, and let's not pull any punches. Some of these dudes are out for just playing time. They're selfish. They think they're a superstar and they don't know what they're doing uh, in the, at the end of the day. So and unfortunately, those are the same kids that end up in the transfer portal and then back at home or a junior college. Yep. So, you know, Matt Butcher, he sent me a message earlier saying, you know, what's up with these decommits from Ohio State? I've never seen this before. Not, not, we haven't. We've never had a class with this many decommits. Now, we, ever since decommitting actually became kind of a thing in recruiting, usually there was a time period before, I would say before Urban, when a kid committed, that was that commitment was firm. You could count on it. You could count on it. And then within the last, I don't know, 10 years, all of a sudden, this new thing called decommitting happened. And it was a kid or two here or there. And then it became more prevalent. Now, it's everywhere. It's all over the place. This is not just an Ohio State thing, Matt, that is um, an issue this year. This is an issue across the board. It's the kind of kid now that, that college football is recruiting. I think kids today... And this and this is just my weird out of the box theory here. I think kids today are not being taught um, what commitment truly means because our society as a whole has lost the value of what commitment means. We've lost it on a lot of levels. Um, not not only you know when it comes to sports, but with Anything. relationships. Yeah, relationships, jobs, careers. Uh, People, you name it. And these kids, unfortunately, are learning from the best that your commitment and your word doesn't really mean a doggone thing. And so today I feel like I'm a Buckeye. Tomorrow I'm going to feel like something else and I'm just going to decommit. So the word committed in, in college recruiting has changed. It's changed. I, I don't think you any, any kid who quote-unquote commits – is truly safe until they are signed and in the program like we've had today with the signing period. Even um, then, man, even then, even then you have the portal now. So you can yeah. just jump right in the portal. If you get here and you're not happy Quinn, you were showed us that exactly. So 
it's a whole you know like this this whole nil thing and portal has really it's created this domino effect where we've had a lot of this going on matt and so yeah we had some decommits um and that's going to happen that's that's something i think we can look uh, to seeing more and more of actually believe it or not i could see where ohio state has a class of about 15 16 kids when the season starts and then out of those 15 or 16, five or six of them decommit or, or more. And by the time you get to the signing period, half your class has changed uh, by the time they sign. It's just the nature of the beast. And Ryan talked about it today in his press conference. That's just recruiting today. It used to be when he was a, a col- uh, an assistant coach years ago at Boston College, he said when a kid committed to a school, that meant we weren't talking to that kid anymore hands off. Let's respect his space. He's committed. He goes today. Not so. He's like, if a kid commits, that just means he's committed for that day. He literally said that today. Well, I mean, until these guys start calling out who's, who's doing this, you know, I mean, it's not going to stop. And I I understand that that's a sticky situation and, you know, that's going to divide your attention even more perhaps, but I mean, the thing is, is college football recruiting has turned into a cutthroat business. Even the kids are treating this as business. It's a business decision. That's why Quinn Ewers went to Texas because he was offered more money. That is a business decision. They sit out bowl games because it is a business decision. Um, and it's all about instant gratification. Right. That's that's that is a that is, I think, the phrase uh, of this generation. Instant gratification. What can you do for me now? You know, uh, and then until coaches like Nick Saban, who did call out Jimbo Fisher, uh, until that starts happening on a wider scale, uh, this tampering issue, it's not going to stop. It's going to get worse and it's going to continue to get worse until we start saying, hey, Jim Harbaugh, the hell up out of my locker room, bud. Quit sending your dudes over here. Quit texting my guys. You know what I mean? But then there's a legal precedent potentially that will be set if it hasn't already been set. I don't think it has or it wouldn't be happening. But, uh, (laughs) you know, at what point do you have to put rules in place to stop this? But then you're restricting people's First Amendment rights. But then again, if they're under contract, if you make that part of the commitment process – and I know I think we discussed this either the last show or the the show before, Eric Mm – Part of the commitment process is you have to uh, commit for two, three years, whatever the eligibility criteria is, um, you know, uh, or at least till you're a sophomore, whether that's red shirt or true. Um, But I I think that's the only way out of this, calling these guys out and making it part of the contract because it is turning into a business. Right. Now, let's not let's not be ignorant to the fact that when Urban Meyer came to Ohio State, that that changed the Big Ten a lot. It did. You know, recruiting was definitely more cutthroat in the SEC than it was in the Big Ten. And Urban even called it the good boys club. You know, hey, let's be respectful of each other's commitments when we get a commit. He's like, I don't respect any of you. I'm coming after your dudes. If you got someone and I want them, I'm coming after them. Yeah, but he wasn't doing it in the middle of the season. Not that- no, but he was doing it in recruiting. It was it was all recruiting. Now you've got guys doing the same thing with your roster. You know. Well, rec- okay, but the recruiting period is fair because everybody's talking to these kids. 
Right, right, right. But you you get my point is that not that rules were made to be broken, but rules are going to be broken. And this is the, the this is a sticky, icky, ugly business, man. It's it ugly. really is. <laughs> it, you've got to get down in the dirt and sling the mud with them. And, you know, I think Ryan Day is willing to do that. I do think he tries to do it in, in a classful, tasteful manner. But he's going to have to get down and get a little bit more dirty, in my opinion. And he was given a chance today to to call out anybody, and he didn't do it. He took the high road in re- when it came to recruiting. But we'll see. We'll see how this goes in the future. I think overall today, I know a lot of Buckeye Nation is feeling, this really isn't the class we started out with. If you recall... Man, we started out 2023 like bank like gangbusters. We were two, three at one time. We were fighting back and forth with mm-hmm. Notre Dame last summer for the top recruiting class. Notre Dame fell off even worse than we did today, brother. They actually had I believe some, it. They actually had some flips today on them. Some kids left in one. In fact, one of them left for Oregon for a, a supposedly two million dollars. So there's there's a there's a lot going on right now. Let's see how all this plays out. You know, I can imagine that Phil Knight and Nike, if they went out and they spent somewhere upwards of 25 to $40 million on 20 kids, and out of those 20 kids, eight, nine, 10 of them end up walking in a year, they're not going to continue to pay that kind of money. Well, that's what's happening at Texas A&M. Bingo. You want to you want that? You want to take a guess where Texas A&M ended up today? I think they're in the teens. Maybe, maybe a, they're they're no worse than twenty fifth. They're fifteenth. Okay. This was after sense. finishing first last year. Right. And, and look and how, how many kids transferred out. There of that you go. Class. I was gonna say, and look at how many of those kids are already in the transfer portal. So uh-huh. you can't buy a championship. Okay. I mean, well, I take that back. You can. <laughs> the coaching has to be there too. You know yes, what I mean? It's got it's it's more than just opening up a checkbook. You've got to have you still have to have good coaching. You still have to have committed tough kids. You still got to have a good scheme. You still got I mean, there's still a lot of football things that it takes to win a championship beyond just opening a checkbook and and paying kids and recruiting. OK, but that's the, that's the conversation that happened today across the board in college football. Aaron was how much this sport has changed. In the last few years, thanks to NIL uh, and the dominoes that have fallen because of that, including the transfer portal. And so, yeah, you can be Michigan and have the 16th class today, and you could care less because guess what? You have the number one transfer portal class coming in. So it's a very, very different world, and it's a world that makes coaching more difficult. And it's a world that makes you and my job more difficult, those of us who cover the sport and talk about it. Because now not only do we have to cover recruiting uh, high school kids, but now we have to recover recruiting the portal and all of that. It's basically roster management is the new buzzword that you hear in college football. Roster management. Just a completely different world, Aaron. It's strange. Feels so strange, doesn't it? It does. And I long for the world where we just focused on the X's and O's. You know what I mean? You got the guys in there and they could either play or they can't. And the guys that could play, they were the ones on the field. There you I go. Miss those, I miss those days. 
So that's our show for today. We just wanted to jump on here, talk a little bit recruiting, talk about the 2023 class, what we liked, what we didn't like, um, just the changes that came all, uh, around and, and the and the conversation that was taking place in college football today uh, because of all of this. And we just wanted to throw that out here. If this is the last podcast you listen to uh, before Christmas, Aaron, myself, Chris, and all of us here from the OHIO podcast would like to wish you a very merry and healthy and happy Christmas. We will be back on the OHIO podcast next week to preview the Peach Bowl against Georgia. Coming later this week, I have two very special podcasts centered around the Christmas season. One of them is a very special Christmas cigar review on Buckeye Tobacco. The other is Chris and I uh, are coming back for a very special Christmas edition of Varsity Videos. And then next week, like I said, we will be back here on the OHIO podcast to preview the Peach Bowl. Aaron, if I don't talk to you before, you have a very Merry Christmas, my friend. You too, man. And all of you, the same out there for listening. Thanks for listening to the OHL podcast. We truly appreciate you, uh, listeners, and all you participators on our social media uh, pages and sites. As always, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and seeing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. And until next time, OH, I owe. Go Bucks. Oh, come, let's sing, oh. Hios praise and songs through Amamaterain while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still. Summer's heat, oh, winter's cold. The seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show. How firm thy friendship, Ohio. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.